0: Welcome into another edition of Victor's Valiant Podcast on SB Nations Network. Trevor Woods. You can find me at Woods Football, and I'm with my co host, Vaughn Lozan. How are you doing today, Vaughn? Doing great as always, Trevor. How are you doing, man? Doing well. And where can they find you on Twitter?
1: They can find me on the Twitter sphere at Vaughn Lozan.
0: Today we're going to be talking about a variety of topics that we've been covering on Maize and Brew, and there's been plenty of news in early August, late July about Michigan Wolverines football. There was Big Ten Media Days, which I was at, and there's been a lot of recruiting news. We've been doing a lot of other things on the site, but we're going to start off with a goofy topic that uh, you're going to want to listen to, so we're going to get you synced in. And going to keep you the whole broadcast. So the, the topic we're going to talk about first was, uh, earlier this week, uh, Bleacher Report had an article. The article was about Shea Patterson, but there was a quote about Jim Harbaugh from Wilton Spade on it. And Wilton Spade said that Jim Harbaugh doesn't like chicken and, and uh, yeah, that sounds pretty pretty odd on the surface. Spate said that he thinks some type of sickness injected its way into the human population when people began eating white meats instead of beef and pork. He believes it 100%. Harbaugh pulled him aside one day and told him not to eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. Okay, so this story blew up. Deadspin called Harbaugh a weirdo. Sports Illustrated said it was strange. Uh, another site called it disturbing. Every news outlet known to man covered this. And, uh, Vaughn, I I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, uh, that, you know, why was this such a a big topic?
1: Well, (laughs) quite honestly, I have no idea. It's just another thing that the media can use against Harbaugh and that they can talk about uh, because, you know, 30 days before football kicks off, I mean, they got to talk about something and they're not going to, you know, talk about the boring stuff of, you know, oh, who's going to be quarterback next year? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? No, it has to be Jim Harbaugh doesn't like chicken. And I think, uh you know, I actually read that story when it was first released. um I thought it was a really good piece on Shea Patterson. And up until that point, it, I, it, it was great. But then it got to that part where Wilton Spate was – um you know, saying that Harbaugh doesn't like chicken. I was like, what does it have to do with the story whatsoever? It, it was just so random, um, pretty pretty misplaced in my opinion. But I, I think when it comes to this, I think Wilton Spate doesn't really know how to pick up on sarcasm. I I, I honestly don't think I've ever met a person in my life that doesn't like chicken. Um, but it, I, if you're out there, let me know and prove me wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think – You've actually kind of debunked that theory that he doesn't like chicken. Yeah, you you kind of did some investigative journalism that I believe is a Pulitzer Prize worthy, and uh, that that's a story that's on Mason Brew. How Harbaugh has had tweets in the past saying, um, you know, I, just several things about chicken, consuming chicken, most notably Frank and chicken, which uh, it is very good if you've never had it. Um, but yeah, I I think this is a non-story. It, it, it's just another thing that the media can use against Harbaugh. And uh, y- y- you can bet your ass that uh, there are going to be a lot of signs on college game day that pertain to Jim Harbaugh and Chicken.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Wilton Spade, he seemed like a nice guy. And Spade, after the fact, tweeted out that he didn't mean this in a bad way towards Harbaugh. And it was all, it's Everything's all love between the two. Uh, but, yeah, I, I Faith never seemed like the, the, the most humorous of guys. I, I, I was at press conferences of his, and uh, he never made me laugh. Not that he's supposed to. He's a quarterback, not a comedian. But, uh, yeah, I did have an article about that. I, I wanted to go against the grain. I've seen everybody just call Harbaugh bad adjectives, and it's about something so silly that, that uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to do a little bit of, of fun investigative journalism. And, yeah, I found, sure enough, Uh, multiple tweets where harbaugh was eating chicken somewhere talking about eating chicken and uh yeah it's just uh just a silly story and we're not going to give it any more time than this but kind of a segue into the narrative jim harbaugh was at big 10 media day last week and i was there there was some certain articles that came out about harbaugh that totally is the opposite of what this chicken article is about, calling Harbaugh boring and uh, saying he was muted, drab, no fun, uh, said that uh, Harbaugh was understated. The Chicago Tribune put in all caps, I want Jim Harbaugh to be Jim Harbaugh. And uh, Von, what do you think about that? I, I know you were, were at Big Ten Media Day, but you watched. Harbaugh's presser and everything, and that there's here's the thing: the national media they don't get to see Harbaugh on a week-to-week basis. We we cover Harbaugh, we see Harbaugh's Monday pressers, his post-game pressers. So, Von, as far as his podium press conference, this 15-minute one, did you see anything different from Jim Harbaugh than the norm, the usual? No, no, it
1: it, it was all Jim Harbaugh being Jim Harbaugh. I, I don't know what these people, the Chicago Tribune and other national outlets expect out of him. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Big Ten Media Day is solely an obligation to Jim Harbaugh and whether he wants to spill the beans on who his starting quarterback is, um, what he thinks about being one in five against his rivals, anything like that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have to say much. Uh, he, it's just a, an obligation for him to be there. Um, you know, if he wants to give the media all the uh, information that he wanted to, he sure could. He opted not to. He's always done this, whether he was with San Francisco, uh, Stanford, uh, now at Michigan. He's always been the same guy. Sometimes he will do zany things that the media will talk about uh, that will you know catch on, become viral, things like that. But as far as Big Ten Media Day is concerned, as far as post-game press conferences are concerned, as far as conferences in the middle of the week are concerned leading up to a game day, he always provides uh, pretty bland uh, answers to the media doesn't really say a whole lot as far as injury are concerned whether someone's gonna play or not um, no, he, he's always kind of been that way always a little reserved a little to himself there will be times where he shows uh, you know a little more uh, you know emotion a little more. Uh, you know, just excitement. I guess. Uh, uh, one of the more notable ones that I remember is 2016 after the Ohio State game. How uh, you know, I-, I think the quote was bitterly disappointed. Um, he was in the uh, officials in that game, and he really let the media know how upset he was. He was uh, uh, you know, it looked like he had steam coming out of his ears. But that was just one of the few occasions uh as Michigan's head coach that he actually displayed that to the media um, t- for the world to see. So, no, I mean, nothing different out of Jim Harbaugh um, a- as far as I'm concerned uh, from Big Ten Media Day. It's just he's always been that way. People should expect that out of him at this point in his career. And, uh, you know, you just got to wait to see um, the next time for him to to be incredibly upset like that to uh, see him display his emotions or maybe for him to be incredibly happy. You know, defeating a rival, defeating Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, getting to Indianapolis to go to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, when those times occur, uh, if they occur, I'm sure that he will display more emotion. But for now, uh, this is another non-story.
0: Exactly, and the thing about it is, is you're exactly right. Everything you just said, but then there were other times during the Big Ten media day where. Okay, I'll tell you this. I went to the press conference of D'Antonio, and I'm talking the hour one where they're sitting down uh, their session after their introductory one. So I went to D'Antonio's. I went to Paul Chris. I went to Urban Myers. And guess what? Those guys are typical coaches, and that's not a, not a bad thing as far as what's coming out of their mouth, but they're boring. The norm is boring boring coach speak so a guy like jim harbaugh comes along and sometimes he can be very entertaining so when he's not you know cranking it up all the way people get disappointed and the perception is well, what what's going on with harbaugh uh, i remember specifically harbaugh made a few jokes one of them he talked about uh he was asked a question does it get any uh, better or more uh amped up than coaching for your alma mater is there anything bigger than that and hardball said well he goes well, he's trying to think of the movie and he thought about it the classic this is final tap movie the music movie and uh the comedy and he said well what maybe we can uh, crank it to 11 get it to 11 notch notch it up to 11 and that was pretty damn funny and then he talked about his overall fight record as a kid and a grown up, he said, uh, don't let anybody fool you. It's about 50-50. So he's talking about how he's won some and lost some. And that, that was kind of humorous, too, I thought. But, but yeah, the, the thing about it is Harbaugh, that's an obligation going into Big Ten Media Day. He's not trying to make it about himself. And I, I believe he's quietly confident this year. And, and he's not trying to toot his own horn, toot his own team's horn. He, he wants to keep... Shea Patterson, everybody else focused, realizing they haven't won anything yet, despite all the praise, despite all the pundits saying that, hey, they got a great chance at the college football playoff, all that. No, no. now Now's the time to just get to work, and that's what Harbaugh is, was, and will be until, like you said, you beat Notre Dame and beat other people. Then you can flex your muscles a little bit and be a little more vocal. But until sure. then, until then, this is the norm. Uh, So, another thing, Karan Higdon. Higdon, he is looking a lot more beefed up. He said he added a a lot of muscle this offseason, said he's one of the strongest guys on the team. He weighs 205 pounds right now. He finished with 994 yards last season. He said that he is going to get over 1,000 yards this year. He pretty much guaranteed it. And then on top of that, he pretty much guaranteed a victory over Notre Dame. He he said that they're they're going to beat him. So uh, what, what do you think about that? Him saying I'm looking forward to the victory and uh, his his confidence in himself. How do you think Higdon's going to fare in 2018?
1: Well, I think Higdon's going to have a really solid season. I expect at least 1,000 rushing yards from Higdon, being the lead running back for Michigan. As far as the comment is concerned, uh, in context, it didn't seem all that bad. Um, you know, it, it you got to listen to the, the question and his answer. But, um, you know, obviously his confidence is through the roof, uh, saying that he can't wait for the win against Notre Dame, uh, you know, because that's going to lead to a potentially another victory against Western Michigan and then another opportunity for a win against SMU. And then so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, as far as, you know, predicting wins, I'm not usually a fan of it. But in this context, it wasn't as bad. Again, you'd have to go back and listen to the question, listen to his answer. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't like Jim Harbaugh back in the 80s saying, you know, we're going to beat Ohio State guaranteed. And, uh, you know, really just – you know, lay it, lay it on the line that, you know, we're going to we're gonna win no matter what. And I, I don't really think that's what Kron Higdon was saying in this context. But, um, you know, it's good to see that he has confidence. I expect a huge season out of him. Like I said, at least 1,000 yards rushing. Him and uh, Chris Evans are going to be really good um, in the backfield this year. So, um, you know, nothing too concerning, too alarming. When I first read it on Twitter – uh, you know, I saw the quote first on Twitter. I was like, "Ooh, like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that." But then I went back, watched the interview, and and uh, you know, n- not too, too, not not a concern really at all, uh, in my opinion, at least. How how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, well, I, I was standing right there. A girl asked him the question, and what she basically asked was, "Kron, what do you most look forward to uh, when facing Notre Dame to start the season?" Uh, saying you know, it's such a big rivalry. And he said, quote unquote, he said, I'm looking forward to the victory. That's the only thing I can look forward to because that's going to propel us to the next week. And that's going to mean we are one step closer to achieving our overall goal, which is the national championship. So, yeah, you're completely right in context. It was was looking forward. It wasn't just about Notre Dame. Higdon's looking at it as win or bust each and every game. If you want to have that overall goal national championship, you got to believe you're going to win every game and you you got to look forward to winning. With that said, Higdon uh, was talking about the mindset of some of the players last year and how uh, they may, may have overlooked some teams, may have gotten overly confident after beating Florida to start the year. So I, I think Higdon's leadership and wisdom in that regard isn't going to make him too cocky or confident he he realizes that you know the work needs to be put in in order to beat teams like Notre Dame I got another good little tidbit from Big Ten Media Day and and that was Chase Winovich he was saying how the offense is going to change a bit to utilize the skill set of the quarterback Winovich said that coach Harbaugh has become more open in the sense that he's ready to make adjustments to ensure that Shea is going to be in the best possible area if he has to run more of a spread offense. Winnemich went on to say he'd be surprised if Harbaugh didn't shit the offense around what fits Shea best or whoever is the quarterback. So what that could potentially mean is more spread offense. When Jim Harbaugh was with the San Francisco 49ers, Alex Smith was the quarterback, and when Colin Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith, in week nine of that season, the offense shifted. There was a pistol formation put in. There was the read option put in. There was more bootlegs. There's more rollouts. So Harbaugh's already shown he's willing to adapt when a quarterback has a special skill set. Shea Patterson, this guy, yeah, it sounds like it. But Dylan McCaffrey's also a very mobile guy. Then you have Joe Milton, also a very mobile guy. So this is the most mobile, athletic quarterback room. Harbaugh's had in a while. With it, Harbaugh said that he believes it's a better quarterback room than last year and because of it, there's going to be a better starter emerge. But, Vaughn, what do you think about Winovich's comments saying that uh, the offense is going to change a bit because of the quarterback?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that Shea Patterson's going to be the starting quarterback. If you have any doubts about that, uh, get them out of your head right now. Shea Patterson will be the starting quarterback September 1st. Against Notre Dame, he'll be the starting quarterback until he either gets hurt, graduates, heads to the NFL early, whatever it may, whatever the case may be. Uh, he is your guy, number one guy. So Chase Winovich saying that they're going to accommodate the offense to the starting quarterback, i.e., Shea Patterson. Uh, fantastic news! I, I really like that they're finally um, molding their offense around the skill players that they have. Um, didn't really do that a whole lot. Uh, the first few years under Jim Harbaugh, when Jake Ruddock, uh was the quarterback in 2015, you saw Jake Rudock run around a little bit more, but that was not by design. That was uh, simply because yeah, he's getting a lot of pressure from defensive fronts. Um, saw him run quite a bit. Uh, in 2016, Wilton Spate didn't do that all a whole lot because he wasn't a mobile quarterback. And uh, you saw the, the offensive success in 2016 because the offense was based around a a, a a pocket passer like Wilton Speight. Uh, fast forward to now, 2018. Uh, that's not the case with Shea Patterson. If you see any tape from him at Ole Miss, uh, he, he was in a spread offense. Kind of got to do what he wanted to do, run around, uh, scramble, kind of like a Johnny Manziel. He's been compared to a lot this off season uh, by pundits and uh, uh, other other members of the media. Um, so I I think that it's really encouraging that. Uh, the offense is going to be built around the quarterback because it all really starts with the quarterback. Um, this is really good news for Michigan fans. This is really good news uh, for the offense moving forward. We saw the offense was not uh, particularly good in 2017. A lot of factors went into that. It wasn't just basing the offense around the quarterback. Um, but, yeah, definitely an encouraging start. I'm excited to see what they do with the offense, with uh, Tariq Black coming back uh, with all the tight ends that uh, they have, and uh, with Michael Barrett coming in, potentially doing this uh, running back wide receiver hybrid role that uh, has been discussed this offseason. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this offense plays out in 2018.
0: Yeah, and I also have Big Ten Media, I talked to two Fox Sports analysts, Brady Quinn and Robert Smith, and this is going to lead to talking about the running backs, but uh, here's what Quinn said about Patterson. Brady Quinn said, Patterson, one of the most talented pure passers in the country. I really do think he has the ability, throwing the football, to be the best quarterback that Coach Harbaugh has had since he got to Michigan. Quinn went on to say that Patterson can make all the throws. And then later that day, I talked to Robert Smith. And Robert Smith said that Michigan's getting firepower at the quarterback position, which has been a big problem for the offense in general. Smith said, you look at the numbers put up on the ground from Higdon and Evans, and you really have to think about the passing game as well. They really didn't have a downfield threat that would back safeties out, keep them from putting eight, nine men in the box. So you look at any time they tried to run the football the last couple years against the tougher defenses of Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, averaging less than three yards per carry. I think some of that is because of the quarterback position. So there's a new quarterback, as you alluded to, Vaughn. It's going to be Shea Patterson, 99% at least, right? Uh, so we'd expect, I'd say, an uptick from the John O'Corn led Michigan Wolverines. So do you think Patterson will lead to more success from Higdon Evans, backing safeties and linebackers completely out of the box?
1: You know what? I honestly do. I, th- I think that it's going to be a complete game-changer You don't have a guy like John O'Korn back there where you know he can't throw the ball consistently well. Shea Patterson can throw the ball consistently well. He showed that at Ole Miss last year. He showed that during his true freshman season when he was called on for a few games. Uh, He can really throw the rock really well. Uh, The quarterbacks that Michigan had last year were not consistently able to do that, and I think that that's the key uh, there is to be able to do it on a consistent basis, not just do it every once in a while. Um, Wilton Spate was not able to consistently do it last season before he got hurt against Penn or, or not Penn State Purdue. Uh, John O'Corn was never able to throw the ball consistently well. Um, you know, he had a nice showing against Purdue, but that was about it. Um, Brandon Peters, while he had his nice moments, uh, you know, he had a nice game against Rutgers, had a nice game against Minnesota. Um, you know, didn't really follow that up against uh, Wisconsin until he got knocked out. Uh, His passing percentage was low. Then he came back, played against uh, South Carolina in the bowl game, and we know how that went. It was not well. So uh, this is all coming down to consistency. Patterson has proven that he's been able to consistently throw the ball uh, well and against top-tier defenses, played really well uh, against Texas A&M, had a pretty nice game against Auburn. Um, I I think it's really going to come down to that. I think because of that, uh, they're not going to see the stacked – boxes that they saw last year, they're not going to see eight guys stack in the box, nine guys stack in the box. They're going to have to play uh, their linebackers and secondary position players uh, deeper down the field to accommodate to Shea Patterson and to accommodate to uh, the offense as a whole. So I think while um, Shea Patterson comes in, we're going to see a lot of different formations. We're not just going to see a bunch of guys loaded up at the box, uh, blitzing out of their mind to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, As far as the offensive line, that's a completely different story if they're going to be able to block all that or not uh, to lead to Shea Patterson's uh, offensive success. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that uh, Shea Patterson is going to provide a different element to this offense to where uh, we're going to see a lot of differences from this offense and from opposing defenses in 2018.
0: I agree. It's going to make it that much harder to game plan against. And Harbaugh's time at the 49ers... His playbook was so vast, and it might have been simple, you could say, too, as far as the terminology. But uh, the thing is, on a given week, you could see Colin Kaepernick have a read option play upwards of 12 to 20 times and give it to the running back or keep it himself. Uh, And then another week, they could barely use it at all, run a little more just power road two tight end set, play action, passing game. And it it just really makes it hard for a defense to game plan against. And the same thing is going to happen now with Shea Patterson in the fold to where a defense isn't going to precisely know how Harbaugh and company are going to attack them. And what's going to happen is, in theory, Harbaugh is going to exploit their weaknesses and, just, just mix it up on a given week and uh, exploit the opponent. But, uh, Von, the the last bit of news we have is we've had quite a bit on our website, Mason Brew, and I encourage everybody to check our articles out, and we thank you for listening to this podcast. But we've had a lot of recruiting coverage and a lot of other things going on on the site, a lot of news that you really can't get anywhere else. We're, we try to be creative and, and give you insights and – Ron, you just want to talk about what we've been have go on lately and what's to come. Yeah, well,
1: lately we've been rolling out uh, uh, team previews, uh, opponent previews that Michigan has upcoming. We started with Notre Dame, and at the time that we're recording this podcast, we're currently on Michigan State, actually. So we've got all that coming out. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, obviously the upcoming opponents, Penn State we've, uh, we've got, and, uh, you know, Ohio State. Uh, Indiana, teams like that. So be on the lookout for those opponent previews on maizeandbrew.com. We've got a ton of them already. So if you want to go check those out, uh, please do. We've also had quite a bit of recruiting news recently. And uh, obviously uh, the Big the Big House barbecue has come and gone. So uh, me and several other writers at Maize and Brew have uh, spoken with quite a bit of the recruits that attended the uh, barbecue at the Big House. So you can check out. Those interviews, profiles of those players, and uh, what they had to say about the barbecue and uh, Michigan's football program in general. Um, got got some stories on Mookie Cooper, a four-star running back uh, that's kind of in the mold of, of like a Karan Higdon, kind of like a Mike Hart. Only five foot nine, not a huge guy, but pretty quick. Uh, four-star player uh, got his uh, story out there right now on maizeandbrew.com. uh got some more from from Sam Dodge, got some more from John Simmons, uh scouting profiles, uh, some of the 2019 commits. Uh John put out a a, a scouting profile on George Johnson the 3rd how he can be um a really nice offensive weapon in Michigan's offense when he comes. Uh kind of like a Michael Barrett where he'll probably play in that hybrid running back wide receiver role uh, for the Wolverines. And uh, so it, it, a lot of recruiting, a lot of uh, the, the opponent previews, and we're going to be having uh, some predictions coming out uh, within the next few weeks as well. I'm going to be handling a depth chart uh, predictions, things like that. And uh, we're going to have a ton of other stuff like that, uh, uh, positional previews, quarterback previews, safety, um, you know, all that stuff getting in time for the football season. Um, so I'm excited. It's going to be uh, awesome to do all these previews. And uh, I mean, I'm i ready for football, you, but I am dying for some ball, man.
0: Oh, I'm ready for football. I'm always ready. When the clock stops in December and January for college football and then February for the NFL, it is a long, long offseason and a long winter, a cold Cold spring in Ann Arbor and all that. But fall's coming. It's hot out now. But the leaves are going to fall. Pads are going to get cracked. Helmets are going to get slammed. Blood's going to be spilled. and Games are going to be fought for. And won or lost on the gridiron. So be sure to tune in to more episodes of Victor's Valiant and everything on our website at maizeandbrew.com. You can follow me on Twitter at WoodsFootball. You can follow Vaughn at Von underscore Lazan. And for Von, for myself, we just want to thank you so much for tuning in again. And we'll be back with you next time on Victor's Valiant.